It's better to die on your feet than live on your knees. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael with Non-Compliant America. Welcome, folks. Joshua Michael, Non-Compliant America. Today is September 21st, 2022. And we are going right into the thick, just under 50 days until the election of 2022, set to set the precedent of where the country is going to go and where we're going to be heading uh, into our future. Is that red wave going to uh, splash or is it going to overtake the Democrats and the unseat the tyrannical governments that are instilling and instilling their claws in every form of every agency uh, in our lives, down to the IRS, the 87,000 people in the IRS, and all the other agencies around, they're getting ready to make their move and assert your fate and take away and steal all of your freedoms. Well, fighting on the forefront of that uh, is a man, he ran for governor this last year. Uh, I think he was actually ahead and should be the forerunner uh, in the primaries ahead of Christine Drazen. He had a very, very much better grassroots campaign. He resonated with the people he coordinated uh, and did very, very well. He had so much more momentum than everybody else. And as you know, we talk about him all the time, Mark Thielman. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's good (laughs) to be here. I loved your intro. Thank you. So uh, we've been going through a lot of different things talking about uh, you know, what's next, what, what you've been doing. A lot of people, they haven't, uh, they haven't really talked about since after the primaries, kind of what you've been up to. And you've been up to a lot. You've been very active, uh, hitting the ground running and pivoting just as fast in your career because you understand the importance of where we're at. We're at an all or nothing scenario. We're at, we, we don't have anything else to preserve back. There's no holding back. And there's no more sense of urgency than now. Uh, it's it's no more pressing than now. Now is the most important time for anybody and everybody to get involved, to do everything and play their part. You know, battles are fought with soldiers, but they're also fought with nurses. They're also fought with, you know, uh, cooks and uh, caregivers and different things. We we are all in a battlefield fighting for our futures of this country and, and also the world because we're a huge representation of that. And with that, uh, there's a legal battle and there's a bunch of legal fights going on that you're a part of. Can you talk about that? Well, just so everybody knows, you know, within two weeks of the election, I was back on the news and the radio doing the uh, uh, school choice and the, the open enrollment uh, petition initiatives. And uh, I didn't realize the impact that that was going to have. And it's, it really is a model for your audience because, uh, you know, usually if you don't win an election, apparently candidates disappear. I did not know this. <laughs> I did not know I was supposed to disappear and go away. And um, so uh, Lars Larson commented about that. And um, well, I'd, I would just correct you, and I don't think I would call it an election more along the lines of a selection. Yeah, I, I would. There was definitely concern. There's no question, sure. especially if you look at a lot of the metadata coming out of Clackamas County and yeah. Multnomah. It's, it's pretty scary. But all that aside, um, you know, the, the good fight is out in front. Yep. And obviously, you know, even if there, there is a selection per se going on, our job is, as the people and citizens, is to be aware and disrupt it. And there's a variety of things we can do to do that. So one of the things I did is I um, kind of got my feet under. I started a podcast and started podcasts where I would talk about, you know, things in the news and then give people some insight 
And kind of like you just did in terms of what's going on, what the motivation of the Justice Department, like on the Mar-a-Lago raid might be. And and um, that's been gaining traction and momentum. And I really appreciate the comments that people give because not only do they feel entertained, but they feel like they're really learning yeah. and, and gaining it, insight. And that's the podcast. It's called The Good Fight. The Good Fight with Mark Thielman, right? Yeah. And where do people find that? How uh, do people uh, find it? Well, they, it's on uh, Spotify. And it's on YouTube, Apple um, but uh, that's most people find it that way. And there then, I, of course, I also email that out on PS4, sure. my email list. Yeah, we get your email. So they go, mm-hmm. they can search for The Good Fight, Mark Thielman. Yep. I actually listen to your podcast all the time. I love them. Oh, well, uh, that's an honor. Thank yeah, you. They're really informative. Uh, it, it's it's nice to have the long form that you have because, mm-hmm. uh, one, it gives people an opportunity to really know who is Mark Thielman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're becoming more uh, of a, I don't, I hate the word influencer. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's been, you know, stamped out by TikTokers and mm-hmm. different things like that. But you're you're finding your uh, swing with resonating with your base and mm-hmm. the people. Uh, and you're one of our spokespersons for this state um, yeah. Yeah. in representing, you know, freedom, conservative values and things like that. So by you not going away and actively, you know, starting your podcast and and you owe me a woke bang coffee mug. Amen. By the way. Oh yeah, we got one. <laughs> <laughs> the power, uh, the power of woke bang. Yeah, uh, but just the the podcast in itself, I think, is very informative. It's very educational. I think uh, people locally are lacking education with what's going on with local politics and 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 different ideologies and different things going on. It's nice to have a man who used to be a superintendent and in the teacher world teaching us about mm-hmm. different ideologies and different things, uh, more kind of diving deeper into your values, which mm-hmm. I think is really important. So wherever yeah. things go in the future, uh, this is going to be a very important thing for your base. Well, and I think the, the, the thing that I appreciate about when people give me feedback, um, you know, it's always good to be entertaining, but um, they, they talk about how they use what, what, we discuss. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's really the purpose of the podcast. How do we arm people mm-hmm. so that we can have these highly charged conversations with uh, people that we love? And I always reference the left as our loved ones on the left on the podcast, because, you know, there are friends and neighbors, members of our families and, um, and, you know, they've been lied to. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. And, um, and I'm, I'm amazed at how uh, it's built bridges um, and I've seen it in not only my own personal life, but in, in the lives of many people I care about. So we're going to we're gonna keep up with the podcast. We do one episode a week. Uh, we're going to start weaving in some video and some specials. Right now it's audio. And uh, so I'm excited to do that. And I've learned a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And um, so I have a lot of respect for people that do one every day. But, yeah. but uh, I, my purpose is to be succinct and to be uh, entertaining and useful and insightful. And as I say on the show, I have the power of hindsight. It's a privilege, right? <laughs> I mean, hindsight's great for all of us. So um, sometimes we use hindsight to say the woulda, shoulda kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, people seem to be appreciative of that. But, but that's all, I mean, that's how we live our lives. We learn from our past, both our successes and our mistakes. And we try to apply that wisdom moving forward into the future. So, so it's, it's fun. And such is life, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, we're all on this journey and trying to figure out what the best is what I find with a lot of the left is they're being controlled by fear. Yeah. Uh, and they're just in a fear based mindset. They're, they're, they're basing all their decisions emotionally based on fear 
and fear of being different or they're so enclosed into the mob that they're fearful of the own their own mob surrounding them mm-hmm. of being different or having any type of divergent view mm-hmm. uh, of that. So it's it's really interesting, but it's nice with your podcast on getting some of those education pieces, being able to start those conversations, have those conversations, just with more confidence going into it, mm-hmm. you could essentially create those bridges, um, yeah. which is phenomenal. Well, and you know, um, you have to believe that all people can be reached. Yeah. You really do. And there may be some people you'll never reach, but um, you want to have that perspective because, you know, we have an optimistic future, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that the vast majority of hardworking people, um, they're feeling it at the grocery store, they're feeling it at the gas pump, they're looking at uh, rolling blackouts in California, they're looking at, at uh, uh, excess government control, they just turned the power off at my house down in Cottage Grove yep. for two days to avoid forest fires while 18 fires spontaneously broke out in a line up on I-5, and, which causes, my whole point is, it causes people to wonder, why'd you shut the power off? Because the fire started after the power was shut off. Yeah. Well, I got an article right here about three arrested for arson in Mount Tabor. There you go. Serial arson. This was Saturday. Um, This was uh, last week. Mm -hmm. And the names of suspect were not immediately released. They were arrested on Saturday, September 10th. According to Fire Rescue, came after an intensive investigation. String of fires in Portland has had neighbors on the edge. So they have serial arsonists out there. Nobody's talking about it. Well, these guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, but why is that not a thing? I personally think when all those fires were happening, uh, there were serial arsonists everywhere also. Yeah. You know, and, and since when do they shut the power off in case there's a fire that might come? Yeah. Well, let me give you an example. Uh, the government was responding to the, the, to two years ago, remember during the pandemic. Yes. We had that big string of fires and one of those was determined to be arson down by Phoenix and Medford area down there, down South. Um, and it was strangely again in a line. So now we're going to avoid that. We have to legitimize it. This is what the left does. And they're, what are they pushing? Climate change. How do we get people to be afraid of climate change? All these fires break out. Yes. But don't worry. It was the government shutting off the power, Yep. which inconveniences people. Because if you live in a rural area like I do, um, you got to run the generator at five bucks a gallon. That didn't do me any favors. And, you know, well, I guess I'm privileged to have a generator. Um Huh? Yeah. You know, I could have had the power because 18 fires broke out all at, uh, and they were announcing for days, you know, that we're going to, the government's going to save you. And then the fires break out. There was no lightning. There were no thunderstorms. Just look at the data. So when has this happened, Josh, in our lifetime? Yep. Okay. Exactly. It doesn't happen. And, and here we are, you know, under 50 days before the election. Mm -hmm. And, and this happens almost every time. And this is what I try to uh, make people understand is right as we get right before the election, something crazy is going on or multiple crazy things. Mm -hmm. And it's all just chaos Yeah, Um, because they have to create the stir. They have to have the media cycles because all the exposed Democrats and, you know, uh, insurgents and communists and everybody that's getting rooted out and exposed Mm -hmm. uh, through all the great patriots and people that are on the grassroots reporters uh, exposing all these people. They have to dominate the news cycle with other things, such as fires and nonsensical things, to mm-hmm. keep people distracted. Because our mind is only capable of doing and digesting so much information. If they control the news cycle, then that's a win. Mm-hmm. They can make us talk about fires for two weeks or three weeks. Yep. That's a win. That's three weeks of campaigning these guys don't have to do. Mm-hmm. 
Well, just the the concept of you know if the fires are raging, then this proves that climate change is real, which is all. Well, exactly, and but that's a natural progression from the Great Reset. Yeah, uh, on what they're doing, and they're getting us to understand and try to capitulate and getting used to having low energy, less energy. Mm -hmm. We only get power, and I've been saying this for months. We only get power Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Yep, can only use your lawnmower on Sundays. Mm -hmm. After that, it's all part of the green police and the climate control and the climate thing, climate czars. And uh, eventually it's going to come to a point where you won't be able to afford gas. Mm -hmm. You know, that'll be a privileged thing because ultimately it's all about energy. Yeah. And what people don't understand, I, I was watching this thing the other day. Uh, it was about two minutes of this guy. He was a car, a Tesla car manufacturer. And he basically said it takes 150 gallon, 150 barrels of gas to produce one battery for Tesla. True story. And uh, it, it, just the concept of that is 150 barrels is maybe somebody's car for well, what? Well, it'd be 55 gallons a barrel times 150. You do the math. That's a lot of gas. <laughs> well, if it, but if it's crude, that's different. Yeah. So This is barrel of gasoline. Yeah. So a barrel of gasoline. Which means more barrels of crude. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. so it, it, if, if it takes that much just to produce a battery and then also the waste of the batteries, uh, there's certain fire departments that don't have the capacity. If a electric car starts on fire, they don't have the proper tools or mechanisms because it's a chemical fire mm -hmm. to address the fire. True. They can't. Yeah, so they just let it burn for three days. Yeah. It's not extinguishable by water just so everyone in the audience understands it, that. Exactly. So we have this toxic waste spewing out all over, over the roads in the name of green energy. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, and this is what they do. This is just what they did with the education system on all the new CRT stuff. Uh, yes, it's to indoctrinate your kids and get them confused sexually. However, Project Veritas did an investigation a couple of years ago talking about it was simply just to sell new books because it's a billion dollar industry. So if they regulate and mm -hmm. change the regulation of what kind of books that they're wanting, these booksellers are making a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing uh, to get everybody on green energy. Our power grid is not sustainable to have green energy right now. Mm -hmm. If everybody had an electric car, the power grid would, we'd have way more blackouts than what we do. Well, and you'll see that in Europe right now. So just, I don't know if people have been paying attention, but, um, oh, sounds like we're going to a break. We are going okay. to a break. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll catch that on the, on the flip side. You guys are listening to Mark Thielman uh, and Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America, 104.3 FM, 1220 AM. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on the other side. From the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua Michael. Yes, that's right, folks. Joshua Michael here, back with Non-Compliant America. I'm joined here with Mark Steelman, uh, the man, the superstar of the Oregon LC superintendent. He's been fighting for you and fighting for our futures for years. And he's... Uh, He's getting ready, and they just launched a new fight. He started a new pack called Battleground. I want him. I want to talk about talk to Mark about that. I want to talk about uh, where things are headed, where he thinks things are going to be, and what's going to be happening in these next 
few months leading up to the election. I think this is a very critical time. Everybody needs to watch their six. They're going to be rolling out a lot of tricks and a lot of hats. They need some more distractors because everywhere we look, everywhere, we see a giant red wave. The left, the right, the center, everybody is sick and they're, they're paying for it at the pump. They're paying for it at the grocery store. They're getting sick of everything and they're seeing the scam. They're, they're, they're revealing the man behind the curtain. This is the moment in history where we start a world war, global, global uh, famines, you know, massive, massive shifts are happening and they're stemming from the lockdowns that happened years ago. Um, we're seeing the effects of that. Industries were consolidated. Things were drastically changed in the industry. And for the longest time, and still people do this, is they always blame it on COVID. COVID is the number one outer for everything. Oh, well, you know, we got to do this. Oh, you know, we're, we have a labor shortage because of COVID. You know, uh, are people dying left and right? Well, that's a whole nother story. Um, but sure. Yeah. But, uh, but the reality is, is that it, we're being inducted. People are being inducted psychologically into this new program. They're wanting, they've shifted. So the, the typical time to have a, um, what is it? A routine is broke after 28 days. That's the mm -hmm. typical thing. And we were in a lockdown in a state of fear and panic for two years. Mm -hmm. People were masking their kids. They were shooting up their kids with this experimental shot, mm -hmm. watching them go into convulsions and yep. being paralyzed and dying. And mm -hmm. now there's sudden adult death syndrome. Yep. That is a thing that came out that came out of, mysteriously, it just came out right after they started giving all these shots. And now there's these advertisers that, uh, commercials that these kids are talking about how they're having heart palpitations and uh, myocarditis and they're seeing it in children and it used to be such a rare thing mm -hmm. that would virtually never happened and now it's just everywhere. Well, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Just um, this is what Battleground does. Battleground Oregon was set up as I looked at the playing field kind of post-campaign and um, I was following my votes because, you know, they kept counting the votes for up to eight days here in Oregon. And um, one of the things that I noticed was that the my vote uh, total, uh, I was looking at it. It actually, instead of going up every time they update, you would expect that uh, my votes went down. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> how can your votes go down? Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, and then uh, this other candidates noticed the same thing. And there was a candidate up north who actually screenshotted her votes going down. And um, so some of these, uh, I started making some calls to some people who knew about election integrity because I wasn't, you know, overly versed on it. And um, started reaching out. The other thing I learned, too, when I was on the campaign, as I had a kind of a whistleblower worked for the post office in Pendleton, said that, when they were, the county was collecting ballots out of the ballot boxes, and you would think they would just take them to the county to process them, but instead they were putting them in the mail and sending them through the mail system. So they were, Pendleton was mailing the ballots they already had out and then back. And wow. um, so when I started talking to various people, I finds out, well, then, you know, recently we had the announcement that the post office is now going to have a ballot tracking system. And what I learned is that there's codes on the outside of the ballot envelopes, so they'll know how many Republicans, how many Democrats, and then that gives them a gauge of how the vote's going to go and who's, you know, how people are faring. Um, and I realized, okay, we got we've got some serious integrity issues. Yeah. And um, and I also saw some real patterns. I flew down to Texas. I talked to some of these more nationalized, higher profile people, some of the Mike Lindell group and the General Flynn type groups, and 
Um, but remember, I'm a science guy, so I, I don't jump on the bandwagon lightly. And I didn't want to, I knew the conspiratorial push that the Democrats were, were making. And I saw the real problem. I thought, you know, the Democrats coordinate, and we need to coordinate as a pack. So I thought, that's why I came up with the idea for the pack. I said, well, I'm going to set up a pack, and it's going to coordinate in the um, conservatives. Yeah. It's going to get us talking. So take that a step further. For people that don't know, what is a PAC? Well, uh, it's a political action committee. Okay. And, um, you know, you can raise money and, and it has a, you can do political activities as a result of that. And you can apply that money um, in, in the growth and the activities of the PACs. And so Battleground is designed to promote two things. One, my brand. And two, uh, and the reason is, is uh, some of the people that helped me start the PAC, uh, um, they wanted, they thought I had a, uh, a, an amazing ability to, to relate with people, to yeah. take complex things and make it understandable. And uh, so, and then the other thing is um, uh, really looking at election integrity, because if we don't have that, we don't have a democracy, we don't have a republic. Exactly. So I told uh, some of these guys, these uh, DC guys, I call them, you know, they're more, they're, they're less conspiratorial than, uh, than I've become. And I say that tongue in cheek. And um, what's, what's fun about it is, is they, uh, I told him, I said, let's, I said, we want to do election integrity differently. We want to investigate so we can prove there wasn't voter fraud. Cause see, this is what the left does. Yeah. Well, it sold, it sold my supporters from the DC area. They were like, actually, Mark, we love what you're doing. We think it's, we think it's good. Yeah. So, so the, the, the gist of it is, is I uh, set the pack up. I went and raised a little money. I had a couple of meetings, got some base funders, and we retained um, Stephen Jonkus, who's uh, kind of a prominent Oregon-based uh, civil rights attorney now. Yeah. And here's the concept is that it, it basically uh, takes the, the Brown versus Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas case, which ended segregation in the South, and it applies that case to government behavior and de facto voter suppression and voter fraud. In other words, the government should be the first agent to prove that voter fraud isn't real. And that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of the opposite of that. Government obstruction, government denial, uh, government attacking people, auditing people. We see it both on the national and in the state level and down to each county here in Oregon. So so that's the concept. And uh, there's multiple suits that have been filed. Battleground has coordinated with all of them yeah. and provided support and guidance and uh, getting lawyers to talk to other lawyers that are representing these cases. So this is revolutionary because conservatives in Oregon have not traditionally worked together and reached out to each other in coordinated efforts. So yeah. that's where we're at. And so where can people go to, to donate to your pack? Well, it's battlegroundoregon.org. And if they go there, they can donate right on the website. We we want 2,000 small donations, $5 or more. So if you only got five bucks and you want to be part of the revolution, um, please uh, go to that and donate. It's time to unmask the truth and expose the lies. The occupied forces do not want you to hear this broadcast. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael with Non-Compliant America. Welcome back, folks. Deep in the heart of FEMA Region 10, it is Joshua Michael. We are in an undisclosed location with my friend, Mr. Mark Thielman. Hey man, I don't know where I am. I have no clue. Uh, we had to black bag him yeah. and throw him in the black van and get him over here. Amen. And uh, 
How long did you time the uh, the trip here? It was about 15 minutes, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, give or take. But yeah. time we- is different when you have a bag over your head. <laughs> so Mark was talking about his new pack that he's starting um, called Battleground Oregon. Battleground org or battleground battlegroundoregon.org so battlegroundoregon.org and listen we're not looking for the big investments we're not looking for all the big big money people yeah if you got money great it'd be great to invest into it but more importantly we're looking for every piece of every little donation now i know you guys are hurting uh i know everybody's getting pinched at the pump and and food and everything's going up right but what value is it if if we can't stop this incoming inflation and this huge wave of corruption and everything that's coming in, your money's not going to have any value anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it's now is more important than ever to get involved, even at the littlest, smallest level. Everybody can give five bucks. Yeah. Give up your coffee that you go in just one morning, mm-hmm. right? And instead of getting a super fruity 15, 24 ounce shot latte thing that's 850. Right, we yep. all know that there's people that get that. Buy an Americano. Yep. Take that six bucks and throw it toward battlegroundoregon.org. Give it to a good cause. They are out there fighting for our futures, all of us, for not just conservative values, but more importantly, just for our futures. Because mm-hmm. we know that we're in a captured state. They have a puppet president out there. Uh, we have a puppet governor out there, a new puppet governor that may be coming in. Who knows what kind of mess that is? I think it's a big distraction. Uh, but the real fights and the real boots on the grounds literally are people like Mark Dillman and his pack. So mm-hmm. get and get involved, even at the smallest amount. And you have a contact form on there too, right? Uh, I do, yes. Yeah, so people can contact you. If you want to know what's going on, definitely mm-hmm. sign up for his podcast. His podcast is not only hilarious, it's extremely informative, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very enlightening for people that are interested in certain topics. He's always covering different topics and a great thing, and I think the podcast is freaking awesome. Well, thank you. Um, and you can look at that on Spotify or mm-hmm. Apple and just look for The Good Fight with Mark Thielman yeah. on there. So uh, it's always a pleasure to have you in here, and it's always uh, it's always nice to be uh, in good company with uh, a fellow traveler here. So. Well, amen to that. And, um, you know, the good fight is a broad-based title. So, it you it know, is. we're all engaged in that. And uh, I've, I've been really happy just just on the issue of why we would solicit for, for small and even tiny donations, you know, mm-hmm. is, um, is that one of the things I brought through Battleground when I sat down with uh, some of the initial people that were concerned and wanted to do a, wanted to do a, have a legal case, if you will, and they liked the concept that I had put out there. I said, well, let's, let's prove there wasn't voter fraud. Because my forte, having been a school superintendent, is I had to survive being surrounded by crazy, woke um, um, colleagues. I mean, let's be real. And um, so uh, the, the funny thing is, I knew education started at the individual level. It's down to what does this child, this particular student, need ultimately. And we don't have that in public education anymore. It's all about compliance to the narrative and et cetera, et cetera. So one of the things I learned in terms of why have I not, why was I never canceled is I, I learned to think like the folks on the left. And when you run a case, if they're trying, if they're out saying there is no voter fraud, then that's exactly what we want to prove because it undermines their ability. They don't know how to react. And then, um, so now I get to go out and say, um, you know, that the government is violating its duty, one, to, to follow the state and federal constitution. But two, voting is a First Amendment right. Mm-hmm. It's a First Amendment right, free speech. 
And people don't always know that. And I covered that in the podcast. This is why it's so important. And uh, the, there was a time in this country where um, uh, lawsuits were filed in 1896 and the U.S. Supreme Court ruled separate but equal in the South because the Southern states were having trouble um, getting along with you know, people of different race, creed, or color. And uh, how, do you, how do you reconcile that so that we can quell the violence and the things that were going on that were horrible down in the South? Well, the Supreme Court tried to what I call split the sheets, and they said, well, as long as you have separate drinking fountains and separate restaurant, um, uh, you can go ahead and legally segregate. Well, we all know how history played that out. But yeah. for years, there were, there were many attempts to overturn Plessy versus Ferguson to challenge it, similar to Roe versus Wade, right? And the thing is, if they could prove that a gas station had violated the equal standard— so um, uh, African-Americans had to use a garden hose to wash their hands instead of a sink. Um, what the state governments and the county governments in the South would say is, well, that was just one, one gas station. So in other words, when we take it to voter fraud, if we can prove voter fraud in Colorado, which was proven, or in three counties in Wisconsin, which was proven, well, but that doesn't upset the whole national, still not enough to upset the national election. This is why proving voter fraud or enough voter fraud is a high bar. So what you want to do is you want to take a case the opposite way and make it about people's constitutional rights. If a government is refusing to cooperate with people who are trying to find the truth, if a government has no curiosity about potential uh, uh, machines that can be compromised, especially now that they finally admitted all of them have modems, um, then that government is doing the same thing that governments in the southern states did. They are uh, violating their duty and they're violating people's equal protection clause under the First Amendment. In other words, if, if there are conservative voters out there, or in particular in Oregon, non-affiliated, they're the, they're the most suppressed group. They, they participate the least. Uh, why? They don't, if you survey them, their vote doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Well, the government is responsible for that. The government is supposed to be out encouraging everyone to vote. And that is not what we're seeing. And, and that's the critical piece. That's why this lawsuit is so critical. We're going to use that Brown versus Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas, which said to the U.S. Supreme Court, Thurgood Marshall argued it, the mere existence of two separate systems creates a psychological disparity that violates the Equal Protection Clause. Well, that became the law of the land under Eisenhower, and, and we all know that in Little Rock, Arkansas, and all that, and it's history. We learn about it. And yeah. it's, it's a sign of healing and a sign of liberation, and a sign of growth in our nation's history. Um, and, and it was much needed. Well, guess what? We're in another similar crossroads here with voting, and we have an opportunity with this lawsuit to uh, basically tip our hat to the left and say, we're here to prove that there's no voter fraud. Why are you obstructing? Why are you contesting this lawsuit? Yeah. So we've named seven counties and um, um, also some ancillary uh, data. Plus, we've coordinated with some of the county lawsuits that have been filed in individual counties. So we're sharing evidence. We're sharing uh, attorney insights. This is why you have to have a coordinating hub like Battleground. First time in Oregon this has gone on. Uh, I was just up yesterday with the Tim Sippel case. It's a trial in Washington County right now. And um, uh, we're even working to share attorneys. So Stephen Jonkis is representing Tim Sipple in that case. He's also the one, the attorney that um, uh, Battleground has retained. And there's value in that because um, that, that's using the same attorney. Now, now they're versed in the various case contexts 
and they can pull from those things. Absolutely. So this is new because the, the left tries to divide and isolate. And what Battleground has done is done the opposite of that. Anytime somebody files a case, it comes up, um, I make a call to those people. Just did it on the federal case in Salem. And uh, we're coordinating with that, with that. It's a group of moms. They're very bright, very smart. And they're doing a per se, which means no lawyer case. And, um, um, you know, they got a chance to talk to Stephen Jonkis free of charge and get some advice and insight. And so this is why it's critical. Yeah, it's very critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, folks, if you're just joining us now, battlegroundoregon.org, uh, you can donate to that pack. And it's it's heavily involved in fighting against the uh, systems and the and the um, corruption that's going on in all of these different courts and organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, very 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 uplifting to hear and see, mm-hmm. uh, because that's that's another way. You know, had you been, you know, on the forefront of this governor's race, and we're getting ready to uh, uh, vote Mark Thielman in for governor. Amen. This is a alternative to that. To where you can equally participate in the contest, in the animating contest mm-hmm. of liberty is what I like to say, mm-hmm. is you're now an equal contender. You didn't just go softly into the wind, quietly into the night, mm-hmm. and uh, and and walk away from this. You've p- pivoted in a way to where you can have an equal, if not more e- effective Yeah, it's, uh, it's an position. amplifier is Absolutely. what it is. And you, know, and you got the anti-tyranny dog out there talking. See, this is what I like. I feel very protected. The, uh, the thing about it is, is there's another aspect that I brought with the battleground that when I was talking to potential funders, um, you know, larger funders and donors, uh, also uh, um, talking to some of the attorneys that were interested in the case and the concept, um, the, I had told them that the plan, the funding plan is to pursue thousands of small donations. And of course, that was counterintuitive. These are much more well-to-do people in this meeting when I first pitched the, the, the pack, hey, this is what I want to set up. I'm going to need a little startup capital to do that. Here's what it's going to do. The attorneys were there, all that. And uh, it was hilarious because a very wealthy gentleman raised his hand and he said, well, you know, lawsuits cost, you know, can, can be anywhere up to, you know, half a million or a million dollars. And why would you, why is the plan to pursue small donors? I said, well, if we're lucky, we'll have 2,000 plus small donors because Cases are not just tried, Josh, in uh, the court system. They're also tried in a very different court. It's called the Court of Public Opinion. And judges read newspapers. Judges are uh, plugged in. And we have biased judges in Oregon, even our federal judges, right? After so many years of, of liberal appointments, like in the Ninth Circuit. So what I said to them is, we need thousands of small donors, grassroots people supporting this organization, this PAC, and this lawsuit. And, and, you know, we're already up. I don't know how, how many. I mean, we're pushing 100 already, and we've just gotten started. Yeah, that's great news. We're really happy to have you. Deal with Mark Thielman listening to 104.3 FM, 1220 AM. We will be right back. Last segment coming up. It's better to die on your feet than live on your knee. Broadcasting live, it's Joshua Michael. Welcome back, folks. Last segment with Joshua Michael here, Non-Compliant America. Make sure to check out and subscribe to our podcast. Go to noncompliantamerica.com. You can check out all the latest podcasts. You can also go to our video section uh, where we have uh, a few little local videos of different things going on. 
live.noncompliantamerica.com. Make a donation, subscribe, share with your friends. We are out here in the heart of the resistance in FEMA Region 10 trying to expose everything that we can and bring truth to light, give you guys some good content, thought-provoking information to think about, and it's time to get off your feet. Amen. And it's time to start running. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's more pressing now than ever. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you guys, uh, don't be discouraged with things that might be going on around you. If you feel some losses going on or you see some things that aren't, uh, you know, quite connecting or there's, there's some discouraging things. And as you know, Mark, there's discouraging things oh, yeah. everywhere. Sure. But if, if you look the other way, there's phenomenal things happening. People are waking up mm-hmm. left and right and, yep. and, and starting to understand. And this is the most important thing that I always try to convey to people. The most important person and thing to do is take care of yourself mm-hmm. and get right with God mm-hmm. and get right with your family and take care of your family the best that you can. Mm-hmm. Because we're going into a point where your bank account's going to get low. You're going to be, we're going to be at a point where it's going to be a lot harder to move and do things um, in the future. Because we're being deindustrialized right now by these tyrants yep. that are working through the Strong Cities Initiative and the Great Reset and everything else. So, but in that, it's now more important than ever to donate get behind mark on his battlegroundoregon.org uh pack because they are actively doing things to help defend against your mm-hmm. future um and so it's just more important than ever your money might not be worth anything in the future with the amount of inflation going on yep. you know oregon just passed that they're going to do a 14 percent rental increase yeah and it used to be 10. yeah now it's going to be 14 so rents are going to go through the roof uh things are just going to get harder and harder until we make a stand, until we can band together, like the Battleground organization is doing, giving us an opportunity to say, hey, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to comply with that. This isn't what we're going to do. Let me tell you what our constitutional rights are. Let me tell you uh, what the people want. And you guys can't steal this from us anymore. We're not going to allow you to steal this election. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to, you're going to have a hell of a fight. Well, and what's what's interesting and what people need to understand is, you know, our current Secretary of State, Shamia Fagan, um, she is a nothing more than a minion of the left. And uh, she has uh, sent out correspondence telling uh, county clerks in counties, basically threatening them to deny things like uh, there was an initiative petition down in Roseburg for a county initiative that said that uh, that you had to hand count the votes, saying it would create an ordinance. And sure enough, if you look at the way the Democrats passed a couple updates in the law just a couple years ago, that, that in order for a county initiative to go, um, it, you now had a higher threshold than to just to follow the criteria. So they followed all the criteria. Obviously, it had a legislative impact because it was to create an ordinance. Obviously, it was of county concern because these were uh, ardent members, uh, residents of the Douglas County. And uh, they submitted it to Mr. Loomis, the county clerk. And if you look at ORS, I think it's 25014 something. But anyway, it's uh, the, the ORS. The ORS was changed to say that the county clerk is the sole discretion to decide if a uh, proposed initiative, county initiative, um, meets the three criteria that it has to meet, which is um, has to be of county concern, has to be legislative, uh, and it has to be um, uh, provide full information, be constitutional, if you will. 
So the county clerk responded after all this work this group did to get the initiative up, get the signatures, get the things, the initial signatures needed to get this thing moved to the ballot. Um, he just said in a very short email, and I quote, <clears throat> ironically, just after receiving this notification from Ms. Shamia Fagan, um, it doesn't meet, uh, this initiative is not of county concern and it's not legislative. Now, just, just let that sit for a second. I mean, think about that. And uh, there is no recourse now for the petitioners. There is no recourse. There isn't even an avenue to go to court because the law says the county clerk, who is compromised because the county clerk is required to follow the Secretary of State and, and in this case, her orders. And to me, it's, it, it's a violation of what we would call uh, we the people in government. That's why the petition initiative was created, so that... Uh, we the people could check and balance the redress. Yeah, a redress of grievances. And there is no redress. And so, you know, of course, they contact me and I said, well, do these things. You know, you want to get a public record, you want all the correspondence in the email, et cetera, et cetera. And how do they respond immediately? Well, we're going to have to hire an attorney to uh, redact everything and it's going to be $14,000. Come on. Come on. This is what I'm getting at that the government now is in the position of, of being an obstacle to truth, to people redressing grievances, which the Constitution guarantees. That's what courts are for, is redress of grievances. So, you know, I'll throw that out as an example of why we need battleground and yeah. why I thought, you know, this is something I can do. This is, this is our right in my alley. My, uh, you know, it's within the bandwidth that I've developed in a certain set of skills. But the real reality of it is, look how this is going to play out in the court of public opinion. I get to say to Shamia Fagan, why are you promoting voter suppression? Yeah. Why, why are you sending correspondence telling county clerks not to be open and to work with people, whether it's a, a petition or whether it's an information FOIA request or an inquiry? The county clerk should be the first people out saying, we want to make sure everything's on the up and up. And they're not. Why? Because they're told not to. Yeah. Well, it just, it just shows how deep everything um, is, I mean, even down to the county clerk level mm -hmm. uh, of them having a discretion and or being compromised in some form or fashion. What's really interesting to me, and, and I try to think about it, is to what degree and how involved is potentially an operating entity such as a three-party agency somewhere uh, or whomever, right, communist, whatever you want to say, the mm -hmm. boogeyman out there, uh, the cloak and dagger side of things, uh, to what level and are these people being handled potentially or what's driving these people to literally want to rip up the Constitution and ignore a massive amount of people that do have a real redress of grievance mm -hmm. uh, and, and just completely disregard that? I oh, mean, it's, it, an, it's an easy answer. I can tell you right now. It's fear. Okay. So I was a government employee for years mm -hmm. and I did very well as a superintendent, obviously. I spent many years being the lowest paid full-time superintendent, but as I'll see, it was successful because of the culture and the relationship and the innovation. Charter school, we ended up growing by leaps and bounds. And of course, I was compensated for that. The, the issue is, I was told in no uncertain terms during the campaign, you know, by powerful government entities, i.e. The, the governor herself and um, the Department of Education and um, uh, the Department of Administrative Services and uh, many, many others. I had many nasty grams from these people because I was keeping my school open 
and keeping kids connected to education. And when they came to shut me down, I said, why are you attacking me, Governor Brown? I'm the only superintendent honoring your mandate, which was to connect kids to in-person learning. See, they don't, they don't think this through, do they? Yeah. And this is what I want, want people to understand is that um, um, it would have been better for me financially and in terms of my stress to capitulate and comply. Yes. See, because, but I was a rare breed. I said no, because what they were asking me to do, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror and sleep at night. So we have to rediscover that part of uh, our American culture that says, hey, no, um, I'm going to govern myself. Absolutely. And we're going to govern ourselves from families and communities. And we're going to, you know, we're going to have government come from the grassroots up, not the other way around. We need to get back to that. Absolutely. And that's where the American system was created mm-hmm. is for us to govern ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark Thielman, thank you very much for your time. Well, thanks for having me. Really love having you guys. Check it out. Battlegroundoregon.org. Mm-hmm. Make a donation today. Yep. Get involved. See all the things. And if you haven't checked out his podcast, you I promise you, you guys will enjoy it. Amen. Uh, the Good Fight with Mark Thielman. Yep. Thank you very much. Have yep. a great afternoon. Thanks, Josh. Reaching up for something